us into another wonderful episode of Jammers in the Rough. This week, we're going to talk about sponsorships. We're going to be just kind of shooting the, the S around what we do, how we plan our bags, tournaments, and just some things to look at, right? So as usual, we got Cody, the absolute media core, just kidding, the worst person wow. on this podcast, but you love him. We have Josh, who's just chilling at the coast. Sorry, chilling at the coast. He's waiting for a good time. Um, you can see the bed behind him. He's just, you know, just waiting for the the, the street workers to to come out. So I'm sure he's gonna have some <laughs> he's gonna have some fun. But with him being on the coast, it's windy, it's rainy. We have thunderstorms here in Oregon, so he might cut in and out. Forgive him. Um, but with me, with my solid lockdown <laughs> power. Uh, internet connection. You have the wonderful host page. So I'm just excited to be here, guys. Um, what an amazing time! You want to take time, maybe, and talk about you guys' as sponsors real quick. Give them a shout out. Yeah, yeah. yeah go ahead, uh, Josh. Yeah, I'm currently sponsored by uh, Elevation Disc Golf. Um, they have those rubber discs that will hit and sit, and you gotta love them. Um, but I'm ending that sponsorship here at the end of the month. And working, um, I should find out next week where my next sponsorship will be. So my fingers are crossed. Probably some, hopefully have some good news for you on the next podcast. Um, and then I do a lot of work with Grow It and try to support others as well. But it's nice to have a company support me too. It's always, it's nice. But also like a little bit of work sponsoring players, if you wanted to talk about that as well. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know then I also, I, I have a... I work with you play a lot, um, so I'm one of their one of their supporters. Um, work with them uh, with Grow It. I try to sponsor. Currently, we have Paige is one of them, and uh, Regis Stump, uh, which they're both on Birdie. What? Um, sponsoring them, trying to support them with uh, the things they're trying to do to spread the love of disc golf and grow this sport. Um, so I try to do whatever I can to empower others. Um, and in doing like small sponsorships like that, um, it works out. All right, Cody. Nice. Um, I am sponsored by Team Terminal Velocity. That's actually where I got my nickname, The Worst. It's official. If you go to Terminal Velocity's website and look at the team, I am Cody, The Worst Waldron. Um, and right now I'm, I'm really pushing hard to get sponsored by Franklin disc, but I'm not getting any emails back. Uh, they are coming out with a couple new molds. So I'm hoping if I push those hard enough, I could be the first Franklin disc sponsored player. You got this. I believe in you. I, hey, I'm waiting for a phone interview interview. So Franklin, if you're on here, get at me page. Uh, yeah. Give me one sec. guys. just pinning us to the featured. So. I'm sponsored by Grow It. I'm an ambassador for them and kind of helping grow the game of disc golf. And we've been talking about different plans around that. I'm also sponsored by Terminal Velocity, like Cody. Um, it's a little bit smaller of a manufacturer. They're kind of just getting started. They have one disc, three plastics coming out, maybe a fourth eventually. Um, who knows, right? So I'm sponsored by them. And as of today, officially announced, I am sponsored by Birdie Disc Golf, um, who is also another manufacturer that's kind of started, you know, their journey. They have like a putter um, with, I think, two different plastics with a third plastic kind of on the way. And then additionally, the premium plastics are slowly coming. So let's slowly build hype for that. But they're also, you know, kind of apparel, clothing. You'll see them on the Pro Tour sponsoring some holes, getting out there. They have a fairway driver that's coming called the Weapon, and the Weapon is uh, F no, not FD. It's a fairway driver. Sorry, that's my Discmania brain kind of coming in. Um, so those are my three sponsors, and we thought like with just kind of my announcement with Birdie Disc Golf, like what a like what a perfect time to talk about like sponsoring, especially with you know kind of our our goal being hey look we have an MA3 MA2 player. MA2, MA1 player, and now MA1 slash MPO player. We're kind of covering the wide range of um, disc golf and the disc golf journey as an amateur onwards up, which is, for me, I was excited to say because I feel like 
you know, 30 weeks ago when we started this, it was very like MA3, MA2, MA1. And now we get like this kind of steps and how we're starting to shuffle with our growth, which is kind of cool um, for me, just kind of bringing notes. So, you know, <laughs> part of me is like, well, how do you get attention as an amateur that loves the game of disc golf and maybe is a little bit newer? How do you get that attention when it comes to like getting sponsored? What does that first step look like? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's the first step is getting yourself out there. Um, you know, doing stuff on social media is a it's an easy way of doing it. Um, making a lot of posts, you know, supporting. You know, if you support each other, it's a, it goes a million miles in the eyes of people trying who are looking for someone to sponsor or become an ambassador. They don't want to hire or to bring people onto the team that are just rude to each other or rude to others and so you want to make sure you're nice to people like it's it shouldn't you shouldn't have to tell everyone that but it is very very true being so kind true. to others will go a long ways um but that's that's like a great way to start is your social media presence and your presence in the community in your local community your clubs um, stuff like that because you want to build that resume up so People know who you are when you talk about yourself. No, I think it's yeah. like, oh, go ahead, Paige. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think it's crazy just like this day and age, like, you know, having to have that social media presence, even if you don't necessarily want to be on there. Like, how are you interacting on that level? And what does that interaction look like? It's not just buying and selling. It's harboring those relationships. It's posting pictures that are flexing discs. It's, you know, having conversations and videos and dabbling in all of that, like, fun stuff and it's daunting. It's, you know, exhausting, especially when you're just like trying to like, I just love this game and I want to be around this game, you know? Um, but yeah, I just wanted to like social media is like such an important thing nowadays. What were you saying? I mean, I was going to say, even if you look at, um, Kona Panis, her, her, um, sponsorship, she just got with dynamic disc. A lot of that was built on her social media presence. She is not one of the considered one of the, like the top three players in the world, but she's getting paid by it. And they've even come out and said, like, yeah, her social media presence was so good where she reaches a lot of people. She does a lot of video content. She interacts with a lot of people. And to a company, that's going to be important because every time she is interacting with somebody and she's got dynamic disc stuff or she's got stuff on her, hey, she is an advertisement. Um, and kind of to piggyback on what you're both saying, um, that's kind of what a lot of us got into disc golf were these relationships, you know, the relationships you're building with other people you play with. And it may have started out as like a sale. It may have started out as a trade uh, or a comment you said on something, or you guys found something, Hey, we both say throw the same mold. And I, I think relationships go a long way where if people know who you are or, you know, if, think of the feedback page, if you're on the feedback page and you're doing well, uh, most people have no problem talking to you, but, do one bad thing and man it's it's tough and i companies don't want that companies don't want rude people they want fierce competitors but they want like decent humans yeah but i, I want to add to like kind of piggyback off what you're saying there is a lot a lot of companies do want fierce competitors representing them so when they go to tournaments they have winners they have people who are placing in the top 10 top 50 percent of the bracket but that's not 100% of what everyone's looking for. Yeah, true. Looking at those ambassador programs, I'm like, like my current one that I'm I'm with. I mean, I got on there as a, I think at the time I was like an 813 rated player who could not make a 15, 10, five foot putt for the life of me. It was Let's not talk back Let's as far as my about. game. But I just, I love growing the, the sport and like seeing, meeting new people and, putting discs in new players' hands and I kind of put myself out there as how can I do a lot of that? And, you know, and, and starting up um, Grow It a while back with, with Chad, we created this program that let us do that. We we were able to get out there, get discs in new players' hands, kids' hands, help courses, and the, a laundry list of things. And that is, it helped me um, be recognized as a good person in the disc golf game. And so this company they're like oh, heck yes we want to support you we support what you're doing so we want to support you and give you a ambassador sponsorship 
And that's with me being an like, 8, 17 rated player. So you don't have to be a baller on the course to do it. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, um, when Zach, when I was talking to Zach about it from Terminal Velocity, it's not like I'm out there lighting the course on fire, but, you know, and that's what companies want. They don't want, they want good publicity. They want good people. They want someone that's going to grow the game. They want someone that's going to be out there doing good things for the sport. Yes, they do. You know, some companies want you, they don't, they're not going to pay you $10 million to be the worst player out there. But same time, if, you're making $10 million. You're not out there punching people and fighting. doesn't matter if you're winning. <laughs> but no, and that's where like, for me, like the first step is always taking that step back. And I had a friend actually like asked me about like, well, I want to be sponsored in a year. What do I have to do? And I just kind of challenged him to like step back and see what your package looks like. What are you trying to offer? Because like, you know, I think about like Derek Zoolander, you know, when he's all like, did you ever think that maybe there's more to life than being really, 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 really ridiculously good looking? Like, no, you know, that whole idea, like same concept. Like, is there something more to like what you're offering than just being passionate about disc golf, being a really good disc golfer or a media core disc golfer? Like, what does that package look like for you? And how best can you start to share that package? Like for me, for example, my package, you know, I'm a decent uh, disc golfer. So that's definitely one. I'm also willing to travel. So you see me, I went to Jonesboro last year. I went to Vegas this year. I'm going to nationals. I went to nationals last year. Um, but I'm willing to travel so you know that if you slap your sponsor on me, I'm going places, right? I'm also doing tournaments every weekend. So my package starts to, like, build from there. But not only that, because that's just playing, right? We said there has to be more than just being really, really ridiculously good looking. You have to be, you know, presentable. So I am taking time and networking. Like, Josh, I didn't know him um, but I got to know him over the years, and I don't even think we have probably more than 10 transactions together of where we've traded or where we bought back and forth from each other. But we still talked because we were like like-minded individuals and we shared those like same interests. So then relationships became important to me. And so I used that and I tacked that on. So like, here's this side of me that's decent at disc golf. And now I can form relationships and take the time to build these relationships and treat them as important you know parts of like who i am also when i go out there and i make posts i was doing and sharing like the impact of relationships and what these have and how these start to you know like differ so i'm starting to kind of grow this package anyways so like my long wind aside like that first step for me is always being like well what does that package look like and how can you polish it up in order to make it presentable but then also in this next year if you're giving yourself a timeline realizing when the timelines of each like manufacturer sponsor or whoever you're looking for what do those waves look like because some of them are before the season some of them are in the middle some are quarterly and so then you're trying to like well how do i polish up this package and present it oh it got denied because i've been denied plenty of times from sponsorships but then i continue like standing by what i believe in adding to my package polishing it up getting more articulate with that approach so that when i'm finally ready and passionate about a sponsor because for me I have to believe in my sponsors. I have to believe in their product. Like Birdie Disc Golf, for example, like I wanted to make sure the Marvel was a putter I actually like and actually can use. I don't want to just get sponsored because Birdie is doing great things. I want to believe in their their choices. And Derek is somebody I've, and Kevin are somebody I've had relationships with over three years now. Um, when they got the Marvel putter out there, I was hesitant on buying it. Then I bought it and tried it, fell in love with it, did a review for them. But it was like all even outside of a sponsorship so that when I finally asked, we can start to have that conversation. I can present what that polished kind of goal looks like and we can, you know, have that mutual understanding. So for me, that's always my first step is figure out what that package looks like. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. There you go. Because I mean, like if you get a, you know, like you're saying, you've been denied a few times when you're trying to get a sponsor. But like when those denials happen, take a step back and evaluate what you have to offer. Because at the end of the day, it's also a business transaction. They want to support you. How are you going to support them? And they want to support people that can uplift um, their company by the way that person acts and the things that they do. So just you know, if you get denied, don't don't stop trying. Just take a look at what you have and see what else you can add to the plate and keep adding, like Paige was saying, to your plate 
until it's full enough that somebody's like, I want some of that. I want but some also of that. like, I'd say too, when you ask what do you have to offer to them, ask what they have to offer to mm-hmm. you. I think a lot of people have unrealistic ideas of what sponsorships actually entail. Um, because a lot of times you'd be like, are you going to pay for my tournament? Are you going to send me all this free stuff? Are you going to do these things? And these aren't like what sponsorships are. You know, they do exist, obviously, for, I feel like, top-level pros. But even, like, we had a pro on one time talk about how he never had a tournament paid for by a sponsor and he was a top-20 pro. You know, and it's like, okay, if you never had a, a pro, you know, or a tournament paid for as that pro, as a top-20-level, like, touring pro, then that's obviously not really, like, a deal that's going to be operating on my level. So I take that off. But you also got to reframe on how you look at it. If I'm getting 15% off or 30% off or whatever, you know, I'm getting percentage off. Well, by saving X amount of dollars, is that then paying for tournaments, right? So if I buy 10 putters in order for my putting basket at, you know, 40% off, well, that 40% off times 10 is going to be a tournament entry. So then you start to reframe like what you're trying to get at it and how you start to navigate it. Um, And also, like Josh said, they are businesses. And so they're not just going to continue to funnel out free disc after free disc after free disc, especially on some of these like maybe lower sponsorships. But you're going to be able to have access to an inventory without having to do the dance and like run around of like, oh, hey, like, you know, can I buy these discs? Can I do, you know, you're not you're not searching for them. And so, you know, for me, like with like Birdie, for example, with Putter, it's the amount of money I'm going to save on wondering, well, what about this run of Firefly compared to the last run of Firefly? <laughs> You know, what about Glow P2's IE1 run compared to the IE2 run? Like now, it's, hey, I love the stiff plastic in the marbles, so I'm going to buy like 10 for the price of one Imperial Eagle, and I just saved money because I have to use two putters. (laughs) So I'm saving half of an Imperial Eagle one set, and now I'm happy. Um, But also, this might be like transitioning to like our next question, which is like, why is being sponsored a good thing for your disc golf game? Because for me, it's validation. You know, having a company that's doing great things look at you and be like, hey, you know what? We want you representing us. That is just, in a sense, like validating everything that I've done, all of this hard work, all of this effort, all of this struggle, all of these rainy field work, muddy field work, these injuries, all of these little things over the last three years has been validated by, you know, a company. No matter how small or how big, that's that's it. So like when Grow It reached out to me and it's like, hey, here's somebody that's willing to believe in the idea of what I want to perpetuate, even if I can't fully articulate what that is yet. Cool. They believe in that. They trust me enough for that. Oh, hey, here's Terminal Velocity. They're just getting started. And on their first roster ever of their team, like sponsored player, they chose me. That means something. Like you just start to add those up and, oh man, this is a whole lot of validation. But what about you guys? I Sorry, I talked for a long time. I have a lot to say, I guess. <laughs> I was really surprised like when Zach, when I was talking to Zach about Terminal Velocity, he was like, yeah, dude, check out the team page. And when you look at it, it, I think a lot of it for me was like validation. It was, I have put in the work. I'm, I have done, done something to earn this. It wasn't just like here, you can have it. So it does make you feel good on a personal level about your game. Uh, it makes you feel like you're making progress, whether it be, you know, Josh, you said an 813 player or whether you're a thousand rated player, which I'm neither. But um, it, it was in a big thing for me was also like, yeah, I'm not going to I don't expect Zach to pay for my tournament fees. I don't expect terminal velocity, terminal velocity to, you know, send me all these free discs. But he will say like, hey, you know, you just use this code Waldron 10 or whatever to get your disc or when he comes out with the ursus he was like hey i'm gonna send you guys the ursus for this amount of money test it out let me know what you think of the product so you're getting a product first before anyone else you get to try it uh you get to see what it's like um and like being part of a community we have a terminal velocity chat so you can share ideas with people you can be like hey you know we were just talking about the glow ursus today like Zach got him in. He's got the stamp and we're all like, yes, give us one of those. He shared a video of what it flew like already. So we're going to see that before anyone else. We get to see what we like. We can give input like, hey, can you get in this? Can you get in that? So it feels like you're part of something. Yeah, that's 
the community that you can get being sponsored is also like you're saying it's a, it's, it's it's a cool feeling um for me the having a sponsorship i mean validation yes that somebody's seeing something in you that you're trying to perpetuate and they believe enough to put you on their team um like the validation is a cool part of it what i like or what i'm after the most with any any sponsorship is legitimacy you know i um when grow it was started was like about two years ago um you know it was from an idea and now it's expanded into all these things that we're able to accomplish and you know i think it has it has a good name but it's young and having other companies back me helps legitimize what i'm trying to do um for the sport um so in my case it's it's helping make me more legit <laughs> and the validation is cool though well no and, and you're right like i mean whether it's validation or not like for me i get a i, I get this idea in my head because i see um there's i guess i don't know can I, i'll just call them out anyways there's no i won't i don't want to do that sorry but there's a team here in oregon that maybe is not like the top five manufacturers but it's definitely the top 10 manufacturers and there are these level like these teams that are, have a lot of sponsors over here in the oregon washington area but it's so disjointed like you don't see them practicing like i loved i watched the Discmania practice round and you see casey white pop in um, you see this, the sky team there, even Nicholas Antilla like shows up in the background and it's like, you can see there's this whole, like Perkins strolls in, there's this whole camaraderie on this team at that level of supporting each other. Um, and so with this other, like 10 level team here in this Oregon area, like that isn't how it is. It's very like, well, we're sponsored by the same people, but we're doing my thing here. You're here, you're here. And there's not a collaboration between it. And for me, I didn't want to be on a part of like a team like that, right? Like I wanted to be a part of the team where, you know what? Terminal velocity might be all over the United States, but we have a chat that's ongoing. We have continued support. We have tournament check-ins. We have uh, like forum critique. We have conversations that are taking place. We have all of these things. Like I can go to California and know I can call on some like terminal velocities. They're supporting like what I'm doing outside of just the team stuff. And for me, that's like super important. Like I want to see what a team can look like where you're legit like grinding out together and making people better because I have this idea. So like, I mean, I've talked about it before. I come from a competitive magic, the gathering background um, as well as wrestling rodeo. But in particular, you look at sponsored teams for um, magic, the gathering and the play testing that goes into it. And so for me, that's the idea I have, right? You have play testing because what you're trying to do is you're trying to hedge a 1% difference to success rate. And so you're going to play, 10 hours of games versus your team making adjustments, making it, but you're all pulling from each other. You're having a conversation. Well, should I put this one card in? What about this card? Should I go 23 lands, 22 lands? And you're all trying to hedge statistically your best bet and your best deck to bring. And so for me, I want to see that in disc golf where I can form with some type of team where we're helping each other continue to improve. You're doing hours of field work. It's not just your friend. It's like this team mentality. I want to see what that can look like. So when I look at like, what I'm getting being like being sponsored. I want to make sure that I can engage that team to that level. If I have a random idea, like, I mean, these hats were a random idea I took to terminal velocity and they're like, you know what you run with it. If you want to do it, run with it. Um, and was met with support. Um, that's not, that's not everywhere. I'm sure like if I was to get sponsored by Dismania and I'm like, I want to make Finley hats. I'm pretty sure they're going to be like, well, no, we have our own hat manufacturer. We have our own branding Dismania. I don't know if we want those. You know, and so it's like for me, it was important that we have that collaboration, that cohesiveness, that relationship and figuring out how to do that. And so as I move forward as well and start to navigate, because I love my sponsors right now, like how do I navigate these sponsors and try to figure out how to build this team up? Like, you know, we have one pro in the Northwest from Birdie. Well, how can I raise that to be four or five pros? And now we have a team that's representing Birdie in the Northwest and doing great things with the Marvels. Uh, and the we upon so that's i mean that's me that's some of my goals but also like why i like being sponsored because of that kind of this sense of camaraderie i guess uh, i would say let's see um 
Well, we kind of covered that last one. I, I would say this, if you are newer to disc golf or if you do not have a sponsor yet, if you want to kind of get like a taste of what this is like, sign up for the Dynamic Disc Squad. What that is, is kind of like anyone can sign up for it and they give you a referral code for a percentage off of their stuff like three times a month and they have challenges and they will, if you do enough stuff, they will send you a free disc. So it's almost like a sponsorship without a sponsorship if that makes sense it's kind of like i think prodigy does like a street team i think other companies it's kind of like that ambassador level where you would see what it's kind of like to be sponsored in a very small scale because i remember when i first started playing they were like hey do you want a referral code sign up for a dynamic disc squad like uh, yeah free something i don't have to pay anything i'll try it so and i thought it was pretty cool because they have a, a community and i'm not really involved too much in it but it was pretty cool but also, like, that's where, like, I challenge you all, as you're looking for sponsors, break away from the known. Because if you're doing Trilogy, Dismania, Innova, Discraft, you have such a large pool that you're competing with when there's smaller companies out there that's going to give you flexibility, right? Like, the thing about Birdie is, like, yes, I'm putting with Marvels, but I still have my whole bag that I've been building for two years and fine-tuning. If I was to be like, you know what? Let me get sponsored by a trilogy. Now I have them locked in and have to throw a trilogy. So taking stock of that. But then also there's these smaller manufacturers that are going to create that. You know, if you try to figure out how to get sponsored by Costaplast, they don't have a full lineup. So how do you weasel in some of these like discs? And if the disc that you the disc that you love happen to be overlapped, like so for example, like if you're a zone thrower and they have the yarn, is that comparable enough for you and not going to take strokes off your game? Or are you going to lose the bulk of your game? And should you do that? Because I remember a pro switched from Innova to Discraft and they had the hardest time finding a gator because the zone wasn't for that. The, the zone wasn't for it. So without a gator, do you lose 10 to 20 rating in your game? And realize 10 or 20 ratings, one or two strokes. That's the difference. So it's like, are you jeopardizing one or two strokes per round because you want to be sponsored? And then maybe you're doing it for the wrong reasons because we're also trying to be successful disc golfers and explore what that looks like for you. You know, Clash Discs is a small manufacturer. You know, what does it look like to kind of support them? Or, 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 or that list goes on, um, which is why, like, I love my sponsors because, like, as their molds get better, I'm going to get better, right? The Ursus is an overstable mid-range, but when they come out with their fairway driver and I slot it in, I'll be ready for it. I'll know their plastic. I'll be familiar with it. When Marvel comes out with the Weapon. I'm going to be able to be familiar with the plastic and throw it and be comfortable with it without having to maybe shelf some of my other fairway drivers. So it's also like strategizing your game plan. Everything takes planning. Everything takes organization. And whether it's what you're trying to achieve, what you're hoping to get out of it, um, what you can do for them. Also, how is it going to complement your game and how are you going to continue to develop your game? Because my game's ever growing. I put an FD2 back in my bag. I love it. Um, two or a year ago, I tried it, didn't love it. But now it's a staple in my bag. Night strikes for three years. I didn't think I could live without a night strike. Now I don't bag a night strike. So it's like you don't what? know where your game is going, and how do you transition and set yourself up for that success? You know, there's like for Prodigy, for example. I know a few pros that are a pros, a few sponsor players from Prodigy that go and they pretty much take a whole year off because they're trying to learn the Prodigy plastic and you take a huge step back because you weren't throwing Prodigy beforehand. You know, so it's just be smart with it, I guess is what I'm saying. Wasn't that why like Eric Oakley was a big fan of infinite sponsorship because he can throw an open bag. I mean, Eric yeah. Oakley can throw an open bag. Drew Gibson can throw an open bag. Cole Rodolin. Yeah, it's, it's a very as from a player point of view that's very nice like i would as someone who throws a mixed bag i would not i mean if someone offered me a bunch of money sure i get it but at the same time if it's gonna hinder your game or you know even put a damper for a year a year in disc golf is pretty big where you have oh, to yeah. take a year off of tournaments to learn new plastic that's why it's yeah. pretty impressive that what was it um ricky wysaki did so well he switched bags whole new sponsor and i'm trying to think who else Switched James Conrad, James Conrad, down the world. King. I don't know if she's been doing fantastic, but there was somebody else who switched bags. Oh, Chris oh Dickerson. Dickerson. Chris Dickerson, 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 yeah, 
dude, he's lighting the world up, and he he goes from prodigy to discraft. Yeah, but he so. gained the buzz, so that kind of like made it. Yeah, oh yeah, you give him a buzz. Like I feel like you give ninety percent of the pros a buzz, and like look what Duke Gibson's doing with the buzz. That's just an orange mid range. Remember, yeah. he oh, won't yeah, say he buzz did. anymore. Um, but still, like you know, <laughs> even that, like Drew Gibson took a stance, right? He knows what he's trying to do and how he's trying to promote. He's not trying to promote Discraft. He's trying to promote himself. So by quit calling it, like even though everyone knows it's buzz, he chose to call it something else, and in doing so, continues to promote himself and what he's doing. And so that's kind of what, what we're getting at is how do you start to promote yourself and how do you start to navigate what that is without being so boorish about it, right? You don't need to be nose down, you know, charging forward with it all, maybe taking that step back and being methodical with it, being intentional with it and figuring out exactly what that looks like. I mean, because it's different for everybody. I know Josh has a different package than I do. Cody does. His might be a little bit smaller, but that's just because that's the East Coast and it's cold. It's fairly warm right here. Okay. Um, I, think, I think a good way to think warm? about what what you're looking for in a sponsorship is to figure out your goals first. Is this going to be something you play only once every month? Are you trying to play daily? Or are you playing weekly? So if, if your goals are not going to align with a – major sponsor or even a, a small sponsor like Paige is talking about companies are not going to usually they're not going to be like oh you play two times a year uh yeah sure we're sponsor you because that's not very marketable for them they are a business after all and yes they do want to grow the sport and do all this but at the same time they are going to have to put a monetary value like are you going to help sell a disc are you going to help push a product are you going to have something positive that you bring us we want to help you but you have to help us so exactly. it goes both ways and yeah and like, that. That, that, yes and i feel like it brings up another point of is it really a good move for you you got to ask yourself is being sponsored what's right for you right now um like you're saying it's it's not for everyone well no and sorry, Josh cut out, but I think he brings up a really good point, which is like, is this Josh you cut out real quick? Sorry, get get your internet cut back up before you you continue finishing your thought. But the remix, But like what Josh is kind of saying is, are you ready for that? Because I remember with Cerberus Strength, I thought I was ready for a strongman sponsorship, and I think I did all right with it. But did I fully utilize that sponsorship? No, I just got a lot of cheap gear and did a few videos but it's like oh yeah and also i thought i was into strongman which i was but then this golf was lingering and i didn't anticipate that so the full year of my sponsorship with cerberus was spent also falling in love with this golf and all of my attention next thing you know i'm not doing lifts i'm recording myself throwing i'm making adjustments in my game so making sure you're in a position to be ready to give your 100 percent to that sponsor because once you dive in you want to continue it right like if you do it for a year you don't want to abandon it in a year or two years. You want to build that relationship and let it grow because sometimes that obligation is a little more of a hindrance and you don't want to feel guilty. You want to use it to make you feel good um, and special because obviously you are because a company decided that you were, but don't let it be that hindrance to your game. Sorry, Josh, I just kind of filled in a little bit, but what were you saying? No, that's, that's perfect. It was, it was a good uh, a fix for the issue that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just the main, the main. I mean, you hit it the you know the head of the nail there. Um, you have to you have to do what's going to be best for your life because there are there there are some sacrifices that you will make by be, becoming sponsored. If that's something you're completely open with and you're ready to do it, more power to you. And try find other other people who are, are sponsored. I think so, can you in, interpret this? I can. I reach mean, out to them and say, you know, how'd you do? It? Yeah, finding that network, right? We're talking about that team and that team mentality. If you want to be sponsored by, you know, Prodigy, find a local Prodigy Street team member, link up with them, start to see what they're throwing, have those conversations, help bridge that gap a little bit, find that team, but also don't ditch your friends, like build with them. Like I have a buddy who I convinced, he was a guest on here, Colin, I convinced him to throw Marvels. 
And so now I'm in his ears like, hey, you're putting with Marvels. How did we get you sponsored? You're doing so much with CH Sports. I know you have a lot to offer. Let's grow together, right? You're trying to find that team that established that, you know, you'll enjoy playing with, but then also trying to grow together because nobody just wants to, like, you know, stifle their growth or, you know, grow at the, the, the sake of their friends. Like, find that balance with it. Find that group and don't be afraid to go say hi. My name is so-and-so. I see that you're sponsored by Prodigy. What does that look like? How is that going for you? Um, if you were to recommend like a Prodigy disc, what would that be? Or, you know, just have those conversations and be willing and open and listening to these things because they have the experience, the know-how, um, because clearly, you know, they're there. Communication Sorry, is so big. I mean, like you said, ask questions, find out answers, talk to them. I mean, what's the worst they're going to tell you? Like, no, I can't say anything. So most disc golfers in general and most people, honestly, if you ask them questions about something, something they're passionate, something they enjoy doing, they will share with you. So if you see somebody out there on the course that has a disc you like, if you say, what is it? Most of the time they'll be like, here, hold it. Do you want to throw it? Throw it. So and that might work for a sponsorship. Hey, you know, I, I saw that you have a, a team, you know, prodigy shirt on. You throw prodigy. Do you like prodigy? What do you like about it? And that gives them a chance to share. And then that might be like something that piques your interest and then you would want to be interested in it. So ask questions. We have the internet. The, you can find anything you want to know. Look it up. I remember when I, I applied for a Team Infinite sponsorship. It was just like, oh, it popped up on the internet. Okay, I will apply for it. Didn't cost me anything. It didn't hurt if I got it or if I didn't get it. I put myself out there. I answered some questions. Don't be afraid to try something. If you want to try for it, because who knows? They might be like, okay, you just got into disc golf, but you have a positive presence. You like posting stuff. You ask a lot of questions. We see you on the Infinite website uh, making orders. We see you talking to people on the Infinite Facebook page. Great. Try it. The worst they're going to tell you is no. And then you have a written idea and a concept of what you're trying to achieve, and you can build on that which is all important. You're going through the experience, right? You throw, you step up to a T-pad, you throw one disc, you miss it, you make the adjustment, throw again, again. Sometimes you empty your whole bag trying to park a hole. And then when you do, you're like, okay, cool. That's what I need to throw. And that's how I need to throw it. Um, do that same mentality with your sponsorships, with your, your approach to it. Take stabs at it. You know, Native American community is important for me because I'm native. Some other manufacturers it's not important to them, you know? So it's like, okay, I stabbed at it because I thought it was important. It's important to me and I got denied. So, okay, it's still important to me. So let me find these sponsors that are going to find that importance to it because I want to keep that in there. But also like, you know, doing weekly video reviews isn't as important to me. So if I get denied putting that on there, maybe I can evaluate and realize like I don't need to do weekly videos, you know, um, because I'm trying to do these other things and my goals are like a little bit bigger than some of that. And knowing what your goals are and being able to articulate that. But those are kind of, I think, some of our first initial hints at getting you guys sponsored. Um, if you guys have any questions, feel free to write in. We do see them in our live chat feed. But also, let's get a little bit um, off off the sponsor topic and have some more fun around like disc golf conversations. So, Cody, how do you plan your bag? Well, um, when I play in my bag, I would say I have my staples. Like no matter if I'm planning for a wooded course, a open course, if it's a course I know or a course I don't know, um, I always have, you know, I'm always going to have that fairway that I trust no matter what my T-Bird 3. My, no matter how many different variations my bag has gone through, I've always had uh, Anthony Barella Glow T-Bird 3 because that's what I know. I'm good with it. I'm confident in it. My judge my putter um for my mid i and my approach i always have my zone because i i know what that's going to do every time i have my ursus my overstable mid and then my wraith because i know those things are going to stay in my bag no matter what i do because i have a shot that i work with them and a shot that i know and i'm always going to need them now when i'm building my bag for like around me, there's a lot of short wooded courses. I know that I can take out most of my distance drivers because there's only one hole that's over 350 feet. So I can 
you know, I know there's a couple of a dog laid right. So do I want something that's a little more understable, a mid that I can turn over? Or do I want something that's an overstable mid that I'm going to have to forehand or flick and turn right as a right-handed player? So I try and build my bag based on my core that I, I know I'm going to keep in there regardless. Sometimes I have a slot or two for a disc that I know I'm going to try out. Like, hey, you know, I, I got this disc that I got in a trade with Paige. It sounds like what I want. So I'll, I'll throw it in there and maybe I'll throw it once uh, at the beginning. And if I like it, I'll keep playing with it. If I don't, I won't. And then I keep a box in my car of backups of discs that I know I use. So I have an extra Anthony Barella T-Bird. I have two extra race and different stabilities. I have an extra zone in case I throw it because if these are my go-tos and I miss one, I'm going to need to go get one. So if it's a long day tournament, something like that, I need to know I have them. But I try and build mine based on core, what I need, and course where I'm playing, and just making sure I have most of my slots filled, stability-wise and length-wise. And see, I kind of approach it a little bit differently, actually. Um, I spent last year working on my touch kind of game, so I had a, bit, like, a little bit more understable of a bag. And then I get face-to-face -face with the Beast, which was Nationals in Texas, and realize I don't know how to throw overstable stuff um, with the wind. The wind was crazy out there. And I don't like that, like, because I just spent, you know, shaping fairways. So you can like these beautiful shots, and I still feel like those shots are the prettiest when your highs are flipping in the turn, you're shaping around a tree. Like, I, I fall in love with those. My left-to-right moving shots are my favorite. Um, but my goals this year are to put myself in a position to be successful. And so my bag right now is actually leaning more towards the overstable. Um, and it has been for the last like maybe month and a half, two months now, um, because I'm forcing myself to learn how to throw overstable discs through the woods, through these tight gaps, through these things, so that I'm comfortable with both sides of my game. My bag will probably look like a mix of it in a year from now, but as of right now, it's what I'm trying to learn. And the great thing is, is my whole bag's different than two months ago, but my rating continues to improve. And that means like my archer is getting pretty confident and doing what I'm doing on a consistent basis. And so if I can start to kind of pair everything together, I'm going to be hopefully like a successful like golfer, but I make those adjustments to my bag. And when I say my bag is different from two months ago till now, that's because I have the core of my bag. And then I have this section of my bag, five, like one, two, five, six different discs that I'm trying out. So I'm also always challenging myself to continue to grow and see these discs that are going to, you know, be successful for myself. And so it's always like this kind of like ebb and flow in my bag. Um, right now, I'm kind of like the stubborn mode where um, I'm in this like, there's a few shots that I'm missing in my bag and I'm hitting my head against the wall because the way I'm throwing, I can't put the old shots in my bag because it's too much power and a little bit more torque to throw these overstable things. So I'm trying to find them, um, the slots. So, but I'm also trying to, what I realize understable things, you beat them in, they get flippy. You throw them with more control. You take a little bit power off touch. So you're making your adjustments. And for me, when things get from flippy to flippier, you're making the adjustments with it. So, okay, I got to put a little bit more hyzer. Or the miss is going to be like, okay, I'm drifting right. Overstable? Man. Like, what I've noticed is when you start to beat it from overstable to, like, straight, you start, like, missing your angles just a little bit. And you're like, oh, that's flippy now. Oh, hey, cool. I just throw that 380 laser straight. But I thought it was an FD3 and it should hook up about 360. And it didn't. So I'm starting to notice some of those misses. <laughs> um, but the difference of that, like, when you throw a left to right moving shot with the flippy thing, you miss right, you're kind of missing in that gap. When you throw a hyzer flip turnover and you drift a little bit right, you're still in the fairway. When you're throwing an overstable disc and you're supposed to hook up and you go straight, you're usually in the the the, the rough. Um, and so figuring out some of those like little subtleties of like, oh, well, this FD3, which is beefy, is now laser straight. Um, how do I make my adjustments for my game to accommodate that? But also... An overstable disc, even though you can throw it straight, it's still an overstable disc. So there's sometimes where you're like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna put this on this hyzer touch shot that I would do with the CD2, and then you just watch it hyzer straight to the ground and you're like that went 200 feet. Cool. How do I, so it's like that's that's where my bag is right now and how I kind of set it up. It's like what am I trying to learn 
Um, so I'll have a little bit more of those usually. So right now, distance drivers, I carry a little bit more than I should um, because I'm trying to learn distance drivers still. Um, I have three FD3s because I'm still working my FD3s, and those are kind of like my main fairway drivers right now. Um, and so I might be down one PD and one Sidewinder and no CD2s because I'm throwing FD3s right now. Um, and I'm figuring out like those couple of them. My mid-range game never really changes. I can throw an MD3 laser straight with torque. I can throw an MD3 laser straight with touch. So I'm just going to throw MD3s. My mid-range are set. My approach discs are set. Um, it's all of this exploratory and um, rewarding and trusting myself to allow my game to continue to grow because I got to believe that these are making it better. So that's how I start to set up my bag. Um, and so, no, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to, I was going to ask you a question. Do you feel like, because I feel like when a lot of new players start out, they throw that first overstable disc and they get scared. And then once they figure out, they start with that understable bag where it's where, Hey, I can throw this flippy disc farther than anything else. So they start bagging more understable. Do you think part of that is a progression of you as a player where you're bagging more overstable stuff? Because I know in my bag, I have like one flippy disc because I know I was either flipping them over or I realized that it is more overstable. So I'm not getting that crazy distance, but it's going to be more consistent. Whether I throw this overstable disc in the wind, whether it's straight, I know it's going to land in a better spot. So do you think you're changing your bag? I was just, I was thinking that like, is that you think as a progression, as you grow as a player? That's what, that's what I believe. Um, and I feel like it's different for everybody. I have a buddy that's been playing for 10 years and his bag's relatively the same and he can still kick my butt. Um, and so it's kind of, like I said, like it's always identifying what works for you. For me, like I said, like I went to Texas and realized I could not have this game. So I doubled down and I'm learning it. Um, obviously, you know, like it's easier to teach somebody that has a base understanding of math, you know, algebra than it is to teach somebody that has no understanding of math algebra. It's kind of that same concept. So I feel like, yes, I'm getting better, but I have a idea of what I'm trying to achieve. And so when I'm learning these new discs, I know what I'm trying to do and I can make those adjustments relatively quickly because I have an understanding because when I say I have a control game, I was so proud of everything that I can do. Right. It was like, Oh, Heiser, and I'm like, boom, 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 like all these different angles and different release points. And I was proud of my control game. I'm still super proud of it. Um, and then I think that said no, exactly, you know. And so, like, I can make big these adjustments to these overstable things a little bit quicker because instead of going da 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 da, it's like boom, 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 you know. So it's a little bit easier for me, which is why, like, if you're a new player, I still encourage you to throw those understable things because. But more importantly, I challenge you to learn both sides of the game because I truly believe having both sides of the game is what's going to make you that thousand rated player. And I feel like once I can start to mirror last year and this year's growth, I'm going to then take that next step and be even better. You know, because putting, you're still going to figure out just repetition, 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 put, 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 figure out are you push, are you spin, are you smush, are you blah, blah, blah. Figure out your putt. Those are just going to be 1,000 reps, 2,000 reps, 10,000 reps. Get those putts in. But these other things and these other intricacies of flight, um, that's where, like, I fell in love with the game. And so I do, like, to answer your question, like, I do feel like this is, like, indicative of my growth. But I can also look back and kind of explain my whole entire journey and why I'm doing it. Why do I bag you know, an FD3. Well, I've thrown Firebirds, I've thrown, you know, Felons, I've thrown Raptors, I've thrown Scepters, and this is why I throw an FD3. And if you can't have those conversations, then figure out at least why you're throwing the disc that you're throwing, not just because you got it in player pack, not just because somebody sent it to you and said it's good. Figure out the subtleties. The reason why I bag uh, a claw over a Iron Cyber A1 is because Iron Cyber A1 has a late, late flip and it comes back. And I can't shape that. My my claw MD3 doesn't do that. It goes laser straight. Um, for the way I throw, I have arguments with friends all the time that's like, oh, the, it does that for you. It doesn't do that for me. Okay, cool. We throw differently. So our bag should look a little differently. Um, and also my favorite new insult is 
you don't understand or you don't have the touch and control of your release angles to tell me what this disc does. I do. No. <laughs> That's like my new favorite Paige. insult. Page has the touch. Do you hear that, people? Page <laughs> will touch things. <laughs> but and I I am um, I I uh I think if you if you look at any buy sell page, I think many disc golfers are always chasing that next disc. That next disc. And and I am guilty of it as you will go in my garage and look where it started out as a couple, and then it's like well, I kind of want to try that one and this one. And that's why I have that spot in my bag where I feel like I'm shuffling in and then shuffling out. And then I threw this one time and I liked it. So then I keep that for a little bit. And then another one goes up, shows up. So I feel like disc golf is that sport where you just constantly or like you feel like your bag is set. And then Paige said, hey, two months, my bag looks way different because you're trying something out that FD2 that you used to hate. You know, when I first started playing a Wraith, I couldn't throw a Wraith. That thing would just hook and i'd be like i don't like this now i can throw it almost 400 feet because i love it and i've thrown it so long and i that brought me to my next thing i have some molds in my bag i feel like when you've been playing for a while i have like four wraiths in my bag and they're all different stabilities same feel in the hand but some will some will flip up some will dive and some will fight the wind and i think as you play more you will realize that you know you will start carrying more disc but less molds if that makes sense no absolutely and i think that's like because i'm even like figuring out like well what are the core of my bag and how do i double them up because if i double them up then i can get two shots off the tee and get that reinforcement of it that's important but also like the the fomo the fear of missing out is very real but also not mm -hmm. limiting yourself because like i pull these out because we talk about like these just came out and i wanted to try one well, a buddy had one. He let me try it, and I fell in love with it instantly. And if I wasn't like so afraid of trying new things, I wouldn't have found my max distance driver. Um, and so it's always those like I thought I written destroyers off because I've thrown all of the runs, but this run with the black rim for me is my bomber. Now, if I get better in six months, that might change. But as of right now, this is that. So like not being afraid to continue to like explore and what that exploring looks like for you because there's so much plastic out there um and i love that i love that part about disc golf where there is so many plastic i have a judge in 12 different plastics like what the heck do i need 12 different plastics but i want to know hey does this one fly better than the rest page bought 10 halo destroyers what other normal person i think most disc golfers could probably benefit from some therapy or you know buyer yeah but it's that's the cool thing i love being able to hey you know page was just talking about the fd3 the felon the raptor the scepter i love finding the differences in them even though they all are should be on paper the same disc they're not one i like to feel in the hand one i get that better release one is not as flippy one is a little bit more of a, it's just i love the subtleties and the cool part of that so i enjoy and, that and even if it's not real and even if it's placebo that's still impacting your game placebo is a very real concept that has positive results and so being able to be like i don't know why it could fly exactly the same but to you it flies differently and it, that's fine do it because you don't know what you don't know and it's going to work when it works and eventually it'll click it could be a hot here's my hot take um the expensive discs fly just the same as the cheap disc it's all no, placebo it's all on your main yeah it's all the no, same I, I guarantee yeah it's placebo no cody is wrong as usual this is why he's the worst his hot takes are a very cold stale take that no. has no proof I mean, nope. I, th I think when you throw trilogy, like, yeah, that makes sense. But when you're starting to deal and identify runs of plastics, um, my first run flies completely different than my second run, which flies different than the signature series. Um, but I'm those... saying you could find a cheaper alternative that does not have that signature stamp on it. Fact. Hot take. No. Hot take. Come at me, no. disc golf community. Hot take. I don't think so. Cody's wrong. I disagree with him. No. Nope. Um, Mediocre at best. He is on a whole different level over there, which will then bring us to our clothing thoughts because why end on a good take? We're going to end on a terrible take so you guys can sit with that stink. So you guys sit and let that linger, that Cody. Yeah, once linger again, Just sniff it. Take it all in. I want you to think about that and stew on it for a week. 
Hot take. I want you to stew on it and just think about how wrong and just filthy Cody is for even saying that. Um, as we can see, final thoughts with Josh is rolling in. Don't do a live podcast at the coast during a storm. Mm. You know, you would think that's common sense, but clearly for our founding member, co-host, Josh, the waiting for a good time winter. Uh, do I still got to be the worst or no? Can it, can oh, it yeah, get you're straight? The absolute, no, you're the worst, Cody. Period. Josh, the worst winters? Come on, man. It's got no, that touch. That's Josh sad. waited for a good time. He got $20 just waiting for the storm to clear. So, Cody, what are your closing thoughts? Well, I mean, I gave my hot take, and I'm going to stick with it. I have no regrets. Terrible take. No, hot take. You just didn't want to hear it because look at all that expensive plastic on your back wall. No, I mean, I'm out here. I'm out here throwing gremlins and Franklins. I have actively searched counterparts to the expensive disc that I have thrown, and I just have to accept that those shapes and those shots no longer exist in my bag the way I was throwing them, and I have to create them with an uncomfortable like disc or discs that aren't wanting to do it. I've come to and how many that. Night Strike ones and CD twos do you bag currently? None, because I mean, I just explained. Did, did you not listen? No, I, I never listen to you. I do my hot take and then I'm done. I don't. I went to like the whole reason why they're. I'm just still, myself I'm get rid of them. They're still on my shelf, and I'm going to bag them, and that's what I'm going to be thousand rated, um, nope. eventually. But yeah, just rewind, rewind about 15 minutes and no, listen to I'm why. I'm not rewinding. I'm living with that, and I'm going to take it to my grave. But now ask, now ask me how many Night Strike One counterparts I found, and I've explored every single. Mm-hmm. Yeah, none. Yeah. Uh, how many second run CD2s counterparts have I found? None. They're how many same. OG Glow FD3s have I found? None. Um, the felon. No. You, you you throw a flippy felon. You throw a, a, I don't know, like a thief? A Thunderbird? Not a <laughs> I, I don't thief. I, they do have a thief, and I don't really know anything about it. I have no idea what it is. People are probably upset. All right. Um, my final thoughts. Find your goals in disc golf. What do you want to make of this sport? Are you in it just to drink a six pack with your buddies on a couple weekends? Are you in it for fitness? Is and there's sponsors more- for that. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, Bud Light might sponsor you. I don't know. You might you might chug a beer every time you putt. Actually, that'd be okay. I digress. But find your goals. Think if you have to sit down and write them out. Some people like to write them out. Think what your goals are. Think about what you want to make out of this, and then go from there. Ask questions, talk to people, get information. Uh, I am an information hog where if I find something about it, I will sit there and read it, write about it, research it. I need to know everything I can about it. So if I wanted to know everything about a certain disc, I will look into it. I will ask questions about it. I will, hey, does anyone have one I can try? I want to know what it is. So when it comes to sponsorships, when it comes to disc golf, find out, ask questions look into things it's you will never be a worse player for trying something different or for finding out information about it same thing with sponsorships go searching for it send them an email hey uh you know blah 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 zach at terminal velocity hey man i really like your disc i'm i'm enjoying using it you know what what have you got planned ask them questions ask you know infinite send infinite email send grow it an email even though josh is like all sideways now i'm like frozen but yeah ask find information ask people questions don't be afraid to get denied and so just a little follow-up with that too don't be afraid to create for yourself and it doesn't need to cater to anybody other than yourself i have a friend who he does beer and discs and he'll Mm -hmm. post random beer next to his drives and he does uh weekly doubles like drinking doubles, like he enjoys beer and he partnered that with, you know, disc golf. Don't be afraid to create. We're doing a podcast here because we love to talk and we love to talk discs and plastic. And this is what we're creating for ourselves and something that we've been passionate about. Even if we disagree, because Cody has a terrible take, we're still out here and enjoying ourselves talking about it. So figure out, like I said, like it's important to figure out what, what is for you and find it and explore it. So my final thoughts are just that. Do research for yourself, inwards, outwards, everything about your disc golf game. Find that love. Find that passion. Find out why you decide to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning in the pouring rain and you're out there. 
find the reason why if it's after work you're rushing to beat the daylight and you're skipping time away from your family because you're making a sacrifice for this game whether you acknowledge it or not but what you should identify is the reasons why and i feel like you're going to be so much happier for that it's mental health for some people but also you can see other people that it's absolutely miserable but they continue to do it but so like figuring out what that is i think is important so with that guys Thank you for tuning in. This is probably one of my favorite podcasts because we're just diving into it and we're talking. It gets us to the core of what Jammers in the Rough is about and is really jamming our opinions all the way down that rough. So with that, guys, stay strong. Um, competitive courses are, Dang of it. course, designed for competitive players. Oh, I thought I had it. Double O stamps. Grow it. We Grow out. Grow it. <laughs>